live. Love that music. From a free float flavored Dorito. Ooh. Ooh. I don't like Doritos. It's the, well, you haven't tried the free float flavored Doritos, so. Yeah. Still not going to like it. Do you know what took me being an adult to realize a Dorito really is just a tortilla chip with flavoring on it? I didn't know that. Did you know it took me to being an adult to realize Doritos are just like a brand of Pepsi? Do you know it took me to be an adult to realize that there are other chips other than potato chips being from Maine? I didn't even know there were <laughs> things other than potatoes. Do you, do you know it I'm took from Maine. me being an, <laughs> being an adult I'm actually not to kidding realize about that one. Yeah, I know. I'm not kidding about any of it, really. It's the ESG Industry's only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst old Matt Muscardi. Hey-o. Hey-o. That's me. Yeah. In uh, today's big bag of ESG nuggets called October 18th, 2023, a uh, bunch of ESG headlines, an anti-woke roundup from your favorite analyst hole, and a word from the great Paul Hodgson from S-Gage. Yeah. Woo. Who is S-Gage? Our show today. Is being sponsored by S-Gage, your ESG data solutions provider. Paul will jump on later to talk about director, race, and ethnicity. That sounds like a quick and easy really? topic. Yeah, no, that should... Hopefully, that'll be a topic that we can sum up in less than a minute. In the U.S., you can do that, yes. <laughs> Ready? All right. Well, yeah, I need to play you in, don't I? Yeah, I'm but we got a time crunch there. We got to get rolling. Come on. I know. We do have a time crunch. Let's do this thing. Let's start with a story that I don't want to talk about. So maybe Matt can bail me out a bit. Mark Andreessen is getting raked over the coals for calling social responsibility the enemy. I guess this dope no. dropped. He uh, put on the internet a techno optimist manifesto. Uh, yeah, I read it. I read the whole thing. Yeah, it's like 5,000 words. I guess one of the takeaways is that it sees a world of 50 billion people settling other planets. It says, we are the apex predator. The lightning works for us. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that like a reference love, to a movie I haven't seen? No, but I love the narcissism. What I is, really do. What is that? I, I, you, know, you know, I realize that everything from Silicon Valley is is a, is a reference to some insipid pop culture. And it's something that they don't even get right because, you know, that both Mark Andreessen and Elon Musk referred to uh, George Orwell today. And they both are, are major anti-communists, anti-socialists. Matt, George Orwell was a raving socialist he was yeah. a, in fact he was a militant socialist like he actually fought in wars uh, uh, as a socialist like he enlisted so these so once again like we, we're just led by uneducated dopey authoritarian tech bros like that's all it is so and let's yeah. be clear also yeah. how they became to their authority, right? Because their narrative would be subverting we, democracy. We make subverting smart their shareholders. Bets. No, 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 no. Go back to the origins, yeah, right? Ahead. Like we made smart investments. We fostered in and like, you know, like the in the crucible of Silicon Valley, the future of humanity with things like Facebook and AI and social media and all. We are the smartest of the smart, the elitist of the elite. And we were Present we true merit. Pick winners and losers. It was all meritocracy. Mm -hmm. It will have nothing to do with the fact that, like, they had all the advantages and might have 
just might have gotten just incredibly lucky enough to get super duper wealthy and then push everyone around with not, that wealth. Not to mention that they completely subverted the democratic process of of, hold, of owning a public corporation, of running a public corporation yeah, by completely that, changing yeah. the voting rights yeah. and and having and eliminating all oversight over their terrible ideas. Not listed in his list of enemies was dual class shares. Let's get so, to that. Let's get to that. He is a. He literally, Matt. I mean, these are children. He literally has a section <laughs> called uh, "quote the enemy" unquote. Yeah. I mean, really, these are just uh, all these tech bros. They live in a world that that their understanding was shaped by Star Wars the movie in 1977. Like it's, it's they're that base in their thinking. It is just pure good versus evil nonsense. But here's what the enemy section says. Again, I'm quoting, and this is what the ESG people are, you know, understandably pissed about because they're listed in there. Our present society has been subjected to a mass demoralization campaign for six decades. And when does that start, Matt? Like six the civil decades. rights, the civil rights movement is <laughs> that. But that is the sixty years ago is nineteen sixty three, right? That is the almost the exact start of the civil rights movement. I mean, this guy I is do, a complete asshole. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I do, I do. I love it. I love it when you get all animated. You're I, so I just, angry. It, right it drives me crazy that we as a society let this keep going like we don't put up guardrails but anyway he says uh, a demoralization campaign for six decades against technology and against life against on, life, uh, life. <laughs> yeah i don't even understand that which is odd because really what you're railing against against is women and people of color and women are literally the givers of life but i don't want to get into that <laughs> no no no. come on uh, come he on, says that uh, he calls this uh, a demoralization campaign under varying names like existential risk sustainability <laughs> I, i'm literally mad these are these are literally his enemies esg he actually writes the acronym <laughs> sustainable development goals that's that's Having, a bit specific Having a goal for sustainable development is an enemy to life. Uh, social responsibility? Uh, honestly. <laughs> Stakeholder capitalism, precautionary principle, trust and is. safety of all things, <laughs> tech ethics, risk management, Matt. Risk management. This is coming from... Silicon Valley that yeah. begged the government to bail them out after Silicon Valley Bank went under. They begged, they begged for that bailout. <laughs> and finally, degrowth and the limits of growth. Uh, whatever. I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of done with this. I, I will say he also mentioned another like enemy as being monopolies, which is ironic. Considered oh. most tech, really? most of the tech empire <laughs> are monopolies run are by fake autocrats. public companies. Yeah, yeah, fake. So public. there you go. There you go. Wow. Wow, I'm this... done. I'm done with this. If you want to add are anything, you, though... go ahead. I can't stand it. Yeah. Are you though? Because um, I mean, I guess the only thing that I would add in here is mm. um, his list of credits. Yeah. So the citations. End, at, the, at the end, well, they're really, he doesn't they're not actually like... citations because no, as, they're not. One of the enemies met is the ivory tower, so he hates academia, so he wouldn't actually cite things properly. He actually writes, quote, in lieu of detailed endnotes and citations, read the work of these people and you too will become a techno-opt 
optimist, right? Uh-huh, like, so uh-huh. he just lists names of people that he I'm, likes. I'm guessing uh, we're get, definitely going to find people like Toni Morrison and Bell Hooks on that list. Yeah, 100%. So I did do mm-hmm. the actual deep dive. Uh-huh. I, I went through, there's got to be, uh, well, let's see. I have the actual number of names. Oh, there see, are see, we're on the list. We're quantifying. We're quantifying. This. He listed 53 names, and I ex- excluded the three, like, at... Um, people who are fake people, right? Like they're, they're they, I can't find information about okay, who they okay. are. He had three people who did, was just like their Twitter follow people he follows on sure. Twitter. Yeah, go ahead. In Mark. his lists, good for you. Mark. So the other are fifty three real human beings. I went and Googled every single one of them mm-hmm. and got their race, ethnicity to the extent that I could find it, and whether they were male or female, alive or dead. Right. Mm-hmm. It turns out that to be a techno-optimist, the people that you would read are 90% male and 94% white. So that's really wow. all we're talking about here. That's actually, I'm actually impressed that 10% of that list was women. I mean, is, I mean, honestly, I'm honestly impressed. Like, I'm not 100% of the women were white women. Okay, but still. And like, Ayn Rand, I'm, not on the list. Okay, well, that's just a little too obvious. Yeah, it was on. It was a little too on the nose. What yeah. else you got? This was oh. this was really exhausting. Why don't we just stay in the world of, of stupid male CEOs? And again, I'm not. I'm just reporting oh, the, the, the headlines. I, I don't make this stuff up. I mean, Matt, this next story is is really maybe the all time high or low. I don't know how you want to look at it. For whichever, you know, they're both right. You know, I worried that when we started this company that. With 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 the way that social media is, and and, the, and the, just the the amount of content out there that that there wouldn't CEOs would wise up and just wouldn't do stupid stuff. Because why would you be an idiot in the public light, right? In the public uh, because of us court, right? Not just because of us, just in general. <laughs> but it just never stops. Air Asia CEO Tony Fernandez posts shirtless photo of himself getting a massage during a management meeting. And there, there actually is a photo of him being massaged by a woman wearing um, a hairnet and a mask rubbing his naked torso. I mean, it's this. I don't I don't know what to say about this. I, I'm, no. I The crazy thing to me is that the the. The headline from Business Insider says that this was this sparked debate. I mean, what's the debate here? <laughs> yeah, there's not a debate. What's the, the pro the actually, on that one? Yeah, I'm sorry. the The headline doesn't do justice. A the picture, which if you haven't seen, search for Tony Fernandez Air Asia or don't in Google Images yeah, or don't. You'll get the picture. It's like the top picture now. Uh, but B, this wasn't a screenshot from someone on the call who said, look at my inappropriate No, he boss. posted this on LinkedIn. He posted it himself. He's proud. Not on X yeah. or the, like the, the dregs of social media, but on LinkedIn, the most professional of social media. The yeah, one I, where people are talking about like their professional lives. And can I just say once again to the business press, and this is all the outlets, is is why do you always hide away from who these people are? I actually changed the headline. The, the headline actually Ooh, says, I like this. says Air Asia exec. Why don't, why don't you name him? I mean, you oh. will name and shame every young female celebrity until the cows come home. Did I just say that? What, what, what does that mean when the cows come home? Yeah, I don't, even I don't know. know. When do the cows his name, come home? His name is Tony Fernandez. He's the CEO. Of yes, Asia. You can say is, who he is. Correct. He is. He's not Tony a nameless Fernandez. exec. Air Asia is owned by Tune. 
he is the executive chairman of, of Tune, and he owns multiple companies. It's an entertainment company, and he thought it would be cool and entertaining to show oh. how chill he is getting a massage without a shirt on during a management meeting. Oh, my meeting. God. Uh, moving on, uh, this is a good one. This is another one good for us. The music has stopped for the CEO of Goldman Sachs. Uh, that's David oh. Solomon, DJ D. Saul. Amid reports that the bank's board was concerned his DJing sideline would distract him from his main job. Here's why I point this out. We have actually said repeatedly that he is a great target to lose his job. Why? Because yes. our influencer yeah. data at FreeFlow Analytics would suggest that he only controls 18% of board influence, which yeah. is low for a CEO in the US. And that's why the board had the ability to tell him to knock it the fuck yeah, off. Yeah, knock it, knock it off. Like, stop is, being this, a, 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 a teenage boy. Do your job. Here, this is, this yeah. is a case study in how it's actually supposed to work because what happens is investors hire board members to represent them and their interests. Those board members hire the management team, really the CEO, and then approve the rest of the management team, and then hold them accountable to the investors. Now, when your CEO has too much influence, the board doesn't really do that. But when they are DJ Diesel, they absolutely 100% can go in and say, this is an adult corporation with adult investors. Stop playing Lollapalooza. Uh, Qantas. We've talked a lot about Qantas. Oh, do we have to? Do what, we have to talk one more from Qantas, only because it falls into kind of our world. This is actually a story about how the Qantas hangover is a headache for directors on other boards. So this is squarely Ooh, in our woke like data this. zeitgeist. And here's the proof. Uh, Qantas director Maxine Brenner received 17% pro, uh, protest vote against her nomination on the board of Telstra. The only other person running um, was a uh, who they are calling a lesser known director named Ming Long received uh, only 1% votes against. So they're wow. saying there's a little bit of Qantas Ding contagion. Dong. Yeah. No, it's... Here's what I like about this. Mm -hmm. Our whole ethos, Free Flow Analytics, exists to give you the names of the people who run these companies, like yep. the influence they have, the power they have. You know the people... You're buying people. If you're investing in a company, you're buying the people. Yeah, right? get with it, people. You are. This very Sorry. clearly is someone in Australia, some 17% of investors in Australia, remembered the name of the person yep. who sucked at Qantas. One of the names of the people. That's great. And that's, quickly, that's what you want. the one that they should really be targeting is outgoing chair Richard Goiter. I'm going to remind everyone that he is also on the board of Woodside Energy Group. Our data, Matt, would suggest yeah. that he is by far the worst performer overall, coming in at an average uh, across all of our metrics at 311, and the rest of the yeah. board is at 531. So there's no reason not to kick this guy out of there. Come on. Uh, I will say on the flip side of that yeah. good news is the bad news that 83% of investors said, nah, she's cool. Well, because they, they, they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't study Apparently the they didn't read anything yeah. and they just said, yeah, whoever you want to elect uh, is fine, uh, management team. A couple of glass cliff uh, stories uh, and then I'll hand Ooh. it over to you, Matt. Uh, first, uh, Tupperware. 
Tupperware hiring its second female CEO. I mean, of all places, I'm sorry, but Tupperware. Only two female yeah. CEOs in 77 years. Lori Ann Goldman is its new CEO, announced yesterday. Uh, Tupperware has been through the ringer recently, barely surviving a tumultuous era that saw it run out of money, uh, secure a life-saving debt restructuring, float. and do a stint as a meme <laughs> stock. But I mean, talk about a glass cliff, but, but this is the woman who, uh, to great success, was the CEO over there at Spanx for 12 years. So if anyone can turn around, it's her, but there's a nice glass cliff for you there at Tupperware. Yeah, I mean, that... That's not a, it's not as clear as Linda Yaccarino's glass cliff. Like she can it's like a translucent glass cliff. She can like see that there's a fuzzy bottom underneath her. Mm -hmm. But Linda Yaccarino's is like to, you know, it's crystal clear. She's basically looking at the void. And how about this glass cliff scenario? I mean, this is like I don't even know we got to come up with a term with this. And this is a, uh the headline is like many women Kim Ang's success didn't keep her standing with the Miami Marlins. So this is Kim Ang. Uh she was the general manager over there at the uh Miami Marlins. She is stepped down yesterday because despite the team having its best record in over two decades, they are appointing a man Directly above her, so she was fed up. Oh. And, and I, 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 I really, I don't know what you would call this. Um, just for some context, uh, the year before she was hired, the team finished with uh, 57 wins and 105 losses, uh, the worst in the league. And this year, the team won 84 games to only 78 losses. So she, a huge improvement. Even attendance was up almost 50 percent. Um, so I and talk about qualifications. She was the assistant GM at two of baseball's most successful franchises, the Yankees and Dodgers. So what? How do you define this glass cliff moment? What do you say about this? I mean, she Ooh. succeeded, Matt, and they still brought in a man in above her. Be well, they brought in a man because she succeeded. Well, she I, cleaned. But what do we even call part this? Part of the cleanup, right? Yeah. I don't even Th know what you call this. this. Is uh, this is, isn't this like a glass flip, right? Like it's <laughs> like you're flipping a house, house, right? This is like the Vivek it's... Ramaswamy house of idiocy. I don't know what this is. <laughs> I don't, I what mean, is this? I, I think it's I think it's a glass flip. She went oh, but... into the house. It was a total mess. She she had to be the janitor. Yeah. She cleaned it up. She knocked it down to its studs. Rebuilt it. Now it's a beautiful gleaming house. And what happens? Someone says, thank you, give me the keys. So, and she's forced out. So basically. shouldn't Mark Andreessen and Vivek Ramaswamy over at Strive Asset Management, shouldn't they put all of their attention at this anti-meritocracy team, the Miami Marlins? They should focus all of their venom right there. Okay, Enemies. Enemy. 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 All right, here's what I got. Let me yeah. play myself in, though, yeah, come because on. I, come love on. The, I love the music. Oh, it always brings me down, that music. I love it. Here's what I got. I have three quick things for you. Number one, a boredom alert. Um, EU ESG regulations still oh. suck. So okay. EU is, is proposing um, some new regulations Well, uh, that are going out to comment. Uh, the EU is proposing now that anyone who buys ESG ratings, ESG ratings have new regs. Um, the good news is anyone buying an ESG rating from a big provider, mm -hmm. now must also buy an ESG rating from a small oh, provider. Oh, 
This is a story from a responsible investor. Hat tip to Khalid uh, Azizuddin for sending it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the the buyers who are seeking more than one ESG rating should choose at least one ESG rating provider with a market share below five. Wait, why can't this be us? Why can't we come up with an ESG rating quickly? I'm saying everyone in Europe should just buy free flow analytics. Done. No. You've get you've you've done your due diligence here, but there's also some stupid in here oh. because instead of re- regulating things like credit ratings, the way they re- regulate ESG ratings, mm-hmm. we're holding ESG ratings to a much higher standard, of course. including they are disallowing ESG raters to do any consulting. I don't have a deep problem with that, but okay. come on, everybody else is doing it. Yeah. They are forcing ESG providers to provide more information on how they pay their own taxes because they don't want like wow. some tax evasion. Meanwhile, you have story after story about how the yeah. Swiss banks mm-hmm. are just evading taxes permanently. Like that's uh, the permanent state, right? Yeah. But ESG ratings providers are going to be held to a higher standard. This is more exhausting uh, than this boring. And then finally, um, they are actually actually forcing ratings providers. There's mm-hmm. there's a suggestion that um, MSCI has come out pretty strong against this, that they ESG ratings providers not charge fees that don't quote reflect the costs. Effectively, they're saying you shouldn't really make a profit on ESG ratings. Is kind of what they're oh. saying. It should be okay. at cost. I'm okay with that. I don't care. What do I care? I We're not making a profit. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all because I want to make a profit. What am I doing oh, this right. for? I otherwise? didn't know we could make a profit. Us. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, we never will. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Second thing, second thing I want to talk about is it's not. It's an anti-woke update, Oh. but it's not the anti-woke anymore. Okay. The update is it's the parallel economy. All right. Well, it's like a, a new name for divestment i suppose is that what it is so imagine if you had to basically like invent nothing new just redo everything that exists in the current economy that capitalism made right like that we all hate because of capitalism. i like this yeah you reinvent i like this in a parallel economy yes. and you make it with less brown people and gays in it that's I'm really a, I'm, I'm all I'm for dead this serious i'm ready for the u.s to split into two countries we we can keep all the hospitals and the scientists and all the netflix and all the fun stuff and, and they can make their own beer and their own scientists because they, I mean, they don't well, they don't need scientists because they hate vaccines so they there can, are no scientists yeah, yeah, so there are none <laughs> i like this this is fine with me. this is this is not i'm ready us making I'm this ready. up uh, we know that peter Thiel invested in strive asset management well, Money, he yeah. does like the creation of the mm-hmm. you know part of like the alternative to ESG and ISS and Glass whatever the hell that ended up being. Mm-hmm. This is an actual thing by this headline: Tucker Carlson's online media company just raised 15 million in seed capital through a group called 1789 Capital. Oh, yeah, I actually, I actually know Could, that that group. Unfortunately, that group is led by Omid Malik. Yeah. Who is also the person who brought you the the SPAC of Public Square. Public Square, uh, which is the anti-woke marketplace. This is even worse than Mark Andreessen. Mark Andreessen is fetishizing the time right before the civil rights movement started. This guy is fetishizing a time even when slavery was legal. I mean, right? Let's let's celebrate 1789. <laughs> 1789. Women couldn't vote. But, it was a great time. Yeah. This is from 1789's website. Mm-hmm. Quote, um, they, they, they invest in three things. One is anti-ESG. Uh-huh. One is um, they invo- they they uh, deglobalization, like they 
they they want local hyper local local right. stuff whatever right. basically nationalism they invite oh. they invite nationalism okay and the third is the new what i think the new word for anti-woke is the replication slash parallel economy that's right. their that's their yeah, wait for line. us to come up with the good ideas and then they can make up make their own expensive beer and then finally, I want to yeah. take you out on this. All right, come which on. Which is five companies I hate. For decades, you and I yeah. talk about how much we don't like these companies that okay. now we have to defend. We oh. are defending well, companies I'll, that we hate. I don't see about that. Go ahead. Um, number five. Ready? Yeah. Goldman Sachs. Wait, what? Why? You do, well, okay, what? Because DJ Diesel is no more. That was like I I loved hating on DJ oh, you loved Diesel, hating DJ and now I have Diesel. to defend the board for making yeah, the decision. That's true. Like this that's is true. the opposite of what this I is, want. I don't want good things to happen. And you realize that this is a, a a copy of the movie Footloose. They're taking away dancing in the yes. halls of the boardroom at, <laughs> at Goldman Sachs. This is terrible. This is good governance. Yeah, where's Kevin Bacon to rescue this company? Now now I have to defend the Goldman Sachs board, but here's some other ones. Ready? Now I have to defend number four, Disney. I know. This one's the most uncomfortable. I mean, I've I've hated Disney forever, and now I feel like, yeah, I have to be their friend. I mean, forget about them, like, screwing up and then fighting the Don't Say Gay bill and, uh, like, all their trials and tribulations with Ron DeSantis. These are the two headlines that I saw just this week. Uh Headline number one, The Daily Wire is making its own Snow White movie to counter woke Disney film starring Latina. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Why would why would we do you want realize that, yeah. like what they're what they don't like about the new Snow White movie? Aside from saying it's woke, is that Snow White is not quote unquote white. Yeah, they do, yeah. They're really upset about that. Matt, you have to be a real true racist to be angry at a at I mean, a beloved <laughs> a beloved American corporation for remaking its own movie in the way that it wants. <laughs> they're not destroying original copies of of the original Snow White. They're just remaking his own intellectual capital. That's how racist you have to be to care about that. But this one drove me off the jump the shark cliff, which is new Bambi cause conservatives to cry woke because remake may go easier on Bambi's mom. I I don't know what that means. I don't. I've never seen Snowy or Bambi. What? How? What does that mean? Well, here's what that means. So Bambi's mom gets killed in the first scene in Bambi. It's very sad, and they're. But but here, here's the problem with this. Thanks for a spoiler. The movie hasn't been written yet. <laughs> <laughs> they actually uh, haven't so they're done worried, this. They're worried they're not going to kill Bambi's mom? They, that's what they're here's worried about? The, here's the quotes from yeah. the article. Quote, Piers Morgan, host of Piers Morgan Uncensored, considered Bambi the latest victim of woke war culture, mm-hmm. criticizing the film's writers for potentially altering... <laughs> How the film portrays the death of Bambi's mother because it hasn't happened yet. This is actually getting airtime in anti-woke land and it doesn't exist. It's in pre-production. It hasn't even finished being written. Forget cast or animated or launch date. In fact, Tommy Laren, Mm -hmm. the uh, idiot anti-woke said, I'm waiting for this Bambi remake to have a trans deer or maybe the mother dies from climate change. That's what they're literally talking about it now. Something that doesn't exist. It hasn't even been written. Someone should hand her Mark Andreessen's new uh, manifesto. I think she'd she'd probably enjoy that. I like that. Number three, Harvard. I now have to defend Harvard. Harvard Yeah. Because of this headline, Woke Central, 
Ron DeSantis wouldn't want a doctor from Harvard. Really? Yeah, we talked about that, yeah. Now I have to defend Harvard not yeah, the, being woke? The man who went to Harvard is against Harvard. He went to fucking Harvard. Yeah. He actually went there. And he graduated. He's Num not like Mark Zuckerberg. Number two, Victoria's Secret. Oh. what? Really? Because we have to defend them? Because Victoria's Secret, although the headlines look like they might be going in the other way, uh, it's misleading. Well, he's pulling Victoria's the, the, Secret. The jerk, the, the jerk of a founder uh, is pulling money from Harvard. Uh, <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, because yeah, he's angry. Leslie he's Wexter. angry at how they responded to the war in Israel. Yeah. Now, this headline: Victoria's Secret bet on Megan Rapinoe woke marketing push miserably backfires. Oh. They put they had ads with women who did not look like Giselle, and okay. they're they're saying it, it like th that that this is this is. Now they're like, no more, we're, we're banned, we don't want to buy, we're they have, boycotting. They have proof already that that campaign failed. I mean, she's one of the most they famous athletes it, in the world. I mean, why? how do they it know it failed? She started in June, uh -huh. and they announced that, that they have a 5% pullback in sales from last year, oh. and they're blaming it on Megan Rapinoe. Yeah, that's not, and, that's and not the reason. Like, I mean, me. come on. Yeah. Now I have to I, go out and Leslie Wexner's terrible organization I have to go defend? I know for a fact, having a teenage daughter that 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 the whole generation they, they don't like they don't care they don't like victoria's secret they don't like anything it stands for they, they don't, don't shop there so it has nothing to do with uh, one of the world's best soccer players. not only because it's horrible because mm -hmm. it does it's uncomfortable it's terribly yeah, it's stupid. made and like, it's stupid it's stupid it's, it's, it's a like, male's version of women's underwear yeah finally blackrock yeah. oh blackrock yeah they're easy to hate because of this headline, Texas anti-woke fossil fuel law to be tested by BlackRock funds. Mm -hmm. In Texas, a number, they, they passed a law that said BlackRock discriminates against fossil fuels, and you can only use BlackRock funds if um, you've done your due diligence and it's in your best fiduciary interests. So what happened? Mm -hmm. The pension funds in Texas said, we did our due diligence and we want to include BlackRock. But oh. no, the state's comptroller said, you should reconsider. What? You should reconsider that. <laughs> if there's any alternative to BlackRock, you, sh you need to consider it. Well, that so now what he's effectively doing is yeah. saying, you, you, I don't care. They, any alternative. He's overriding. Any his alternative. Own any alternative. He basically is saying, pick not BlackRock. Uh, sorry, this is, is a vendetta uh, against BlackRock. I'm sorry. And now that, is I literally, just, that is just I literally bizarre. have to defend it's just them. bizarre. Yeah. I agree with you on that but, one. So those are five companies that now I, I hate, but now I have to defend. Paul's so, here. He's been um, knocking on the door. You haven't heard him. I've been muting, I've been right. muting my mic. But Let's bring here. in Paul. Right. Paul. Calm down, Paul. Tell Paul. us stuff. Yeah, yeah calm us down. Here we go, Paul. Hello there. Paul Hodgson from S-Gage with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. So we spent a couple of weeks looking at gender on the board um, and in management and amongst employees. So I thought that this week we would turn to uh, race and ethnicity uh, among directors. Now, there has been a steady growth in the proportion of companies disclosing the ethnicity of their directors, which is the first thing that you need if you want to do some data analysis. Back in 2018, it was 3.8% of companies uh, made any disclosures about director ethnicity. That went up. The biggest jump was in 2020, uh, up from 78 to 27.7%. But it's continued to climb uh, since then. And now almost two-fifths of companies uh, disclose the uh, race or ethnicity of their directors. Now, 
disclosing it is one thing, but what race or ethnicity are they disclosing? Well, the data tells us that white Caucasian directors occupy four-fifths of each board on average as a percentage of the total. Uh, it's been hovering around 78, 79, 80% for the last um, six years. It's dropped a little last year from 80% to 79.1%, but it's really hovering at that level. Um, shockingly enough, the proportion of African-American directors has actually fallen uh, during this time period from 2018 to 2023, despite efforts to increase the ethnic diversity of boards. Back in 2018, it was 10.9%. It rose briefly to 11.6% in 2019, but now it's fallen back to 8.1%. Shockingly enough, also, the proportion of Latinx or Hispanic directors has actually fallen during this period as well. Again, from 7.5% in 2018 down to 3.8% in 2023. The only ethnic group that has seen an increase in the proportion of directors on boards is Asian, Hawaiian or Pacific Islander, which rose from 3.3% in 2018 to 8.5% in 2023. So we clearly have made some progress on increasing the number of women on boards, but increasing the ethnic diversity of directors appears to be something, at least in the US, that is beyond us. So this is Paul Hodgson from S-Gage Statistic of the Week, signing off. That was supposed to be uplifting. It was not. No, not, not so much. That's we don't, we don't do uplifting. We are, um, what are we? We are the, uh, we're part of the, de the mass demoralization campaign because we're, <laughs> because we're reporting on them. That's so we're, true. Demor we're demoralizing them. That's Damien Rollins. I'm your analyst, Matt Muscardi. You heard from Paul Hodgson, the great Paul Hodgson of S-Gage, your ESG solutions provider. We are Free Float. We are also sponsored by freeflowanalytics.com. Go there, get the data that we talk about until Friday when we wrap up the week. Goodbye. <laughs>